0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back. Buckle up and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking. The kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Why well, hi and welcome back. This is Marnie Schwedberg and we have got a wonderful program in store for you today. It's called Speaker Training 12 Things Successful speakers do, and during the next hour, you are going to learn the right place to begin, how to position yourself for success, how to build your speaking ministry on a strong foundation, the most important investment you'll ever make into your ministry, what to focus on in order to grow your ministry, how to thrill event planners every time, and so much more. Our guest today is Linda Olson from the website madeforsomethingmore.com. Linda is a leader both professionally and in ministry. She's spoken to Christian audiences since 1973 and is the founder of a Kingdom Champion speaking program called Finding Your Voice in a Complicated World. She's also the author of the book, Made for Something More, and I welcome you, Linda Olson.
1: Thank you so much. It's a delight to be with you.
0: Well, and it's so great to have you. And, of course, I love this topic. You know, we have WomenSpeakers.com over there with it's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, and a lot of our uh, guests that listen to the show are event planners looking for a speaker, as well as speakers who are trying to uh, be the best that they can be for God's glory. I'm so excited that you could be here to share some strategies and tips with us today. And of course, we want to just start off, Linda, with just the right place to begin.
1: Well, uh, thank you. You know, this uh, topic is very close to my heart as I've been speaking for a long time, And, you know, without a question, uh, you try many different things, but there's no doubt in my mind that the right place to begin is on our knees. Mm. You know, our top priority really just needs to be uh, us coming from a pure and clean and humble heart. And if that's in the right place, everything else, as you know, uh, falls into place.
0: I love that. I always think that not enough attention is given to that need for us to be a clean flow-through vessel. And a lot of attention is to give, you know, about what we should do. But it's truly the being part of it that is more important than the doing part, isn't it?
1: Yes, I fully agree with that.
0: Yeah. The closer we can be to Jesus, of course, the more he can shine through us. And um, what I like, uh, I like your word humble there, too. Um, how... How does that play together, you know, a speaker being humble? How does that work? Uh, let me
1: take it from the other side. Of course, that's pride. And if we we approach things from that prideful attitude, it's kind of like I know it all, I have the answers and so forth. I'll tell you, there's no quicker way to lose your audience because, mm-hmm. you know, that, that audience, many people in that audience is coming are, are coming from a humble and broken heart. And they need to know that there's someone there that can identify with them. And when we come from a humble heart, they recognize that quickly.
0: Mm, Right. I I like the word um, vulnerability. In fact, we're going to have a show here in a a couple weeks called um, Vulnerability in Print and how to decide how vulnerable to really be (laughs) when you shouldn't be vulnerable. (laughs) But, But there is an element here. Where, if you will be vulnerable, if you will be humble and you will be honest about you know your shortcomings, it really does endear you to an audience's heart if you do it in appropriate ways um you know your next your next point that you wanted to bring up of the twelve things successful speakers do is how to position yourself for success,
1: and to me again, that's another just just a real key element, and it goes along with what we just talked about, beginning on our knees because. As we begin on our knees, we depend on the Holy Spirit for wisdom, for direction, for clarity. And along with that is, you know, that's coming from that place of being like you mentioned. The other side of that is truly knowing and understanding the needs of our audience. So often I think we want to um a- as speakers, we want to come in and we want to share the passion on our heart, but is it really what the audience needs? So uh, both of those things, I think, are really key.
0: What are some of the things that you personally do in order to get to know that before you arrive at a speaking engagement?
1: A A couple things. One is, as I speak with a coordinator or the event planner, Um, I I really just ask them um, different questions like, I want to know what's working in their ministry, and I also want to know equally what is not working. What are the kind of things they're growing in? What do they want to improve on? You know, that kind of thing. Um, If it's possible uh, to have a conference call or to connect with their team as well and get other feedback, um, you know, get feedback from a variety of people in terms of what they understand the needs of their group. Uh, many times I find in ministry um, people aren't necessarily geared to thinking that way, and it may be a new question to them, but if nothing else, it will begin a process of thinking, you know, what what are the basic needs In this group what are we trying to meet and how are we going to do that and um, so those are the kind of things that I will I will just ask Um, you know what is it that you're really looking for and how could I what do you need from me it's like what do you need from me so that when I leave you'll know that this was well worth it
0: Mm, that's a great question I sometimes like to ask the question, you know, what were your comments from last year? Is there anything that didn't happen that you wanted to see? Was there anything that people really, really loved that I could incorporate as well? And then uh, some of the uh, event planners and coordinators that I've worked with too have given me descriptive phrases like, we have an older group, or this is kind of a Starbucks group, or, you know, (laughs) like that, which really kind of helps you in your preparation to get your head around uh, oh, that's, that's being, very helpful. To. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah, so those are some great uh ideas to position yourself. Your main point though was to be dependent on the Holy Spirit because you know, Linda, what I um I we homeschooled our kids all the way up and every day I prayed the same prayer. God teach them today what they need to know for life. And a lot of times I would say, either subconsciously or out loud after that. Because how would I ever know? <laughs> so, and, you know, that's kind of how I feel when I go into a group. I can get the feedback from the event coordinator or whatever, but I really need the Holy Spirit to help me because he knows who's in the audience, he knows their true needs, and he will take us much farther down that road than any event coordinator ever could. So that's the key is to be dependent on the Holy Spirit and listening to him. So great. Well, let's go on and talk about how to build a speaking ministry on a strong foundation.
1: You know, again, we're talking about very foundational kind of things. And when when you're really focused, it's one thing to just kind of go out there to speak occasionally. It's another, as you know, to build a speaking ministry. And any time you're stepping out in a new way um, to for kingdom purposes, um, as you know, you always run across spiritual battles and we have to be strong we have to be prepared to step in the front line and face for example fear is probably the number 1 strongest battle that we will face we're stepping into something new something that's unknown we don't know how people will respond um when we hear no uh it's you know it's hard sometimes not to take mm-hmm. that personally and and that's all part of building that strong foundation that we have to be strong enough to, um, to stand in the front line and know how to face those spiritual battles as they come along, because they will. And a lot of times for me, it's just a reminder. You know, I've been through this long enough to know those spiritual battles will hit. And when they come, it's a reminder to me That, you know what, I'm right on track because the enemy would not be fighting if he didn't, you know, wasn't unhappy with what I was doing. So I must be doing something right at this point. Right.
0: Right. I always think, too, even when I listen to speakers, I think, wow, the price tag for being a speaker is pretty high as far as everybody has circumstances in their life and things that happen. But from my experience, speakers have lived through, uh, most speakers have lived through quite a, an interesting life in order to have the kind of lessons and the kind of stories that really light up the stage, that really light up people's hearts and leave them with a lasting impression of that person. And a speaker really has to be willing to walk through the, you know, living, be a living parable, you know, walk through the stories that God wants to use um, through them to change other people's hearts, and you, you have to be willing for that. Another thought that came when you were talking was how you know if you're not ready for the battle, don't be a speaker because you're actually picking up the sword and you're swinging it, and that's called battle. <laughs> and you don't just hit the empty air; <laughs> you're swinging at <out> an enemy. <laughs> so you know you're trying to trying to help people get past the places where they're stuck, and you're not swinging at them, but you're definitely you're definitely in the spiritual warfare when you're using God's Word to change hearts, and um, if you're not ready for it, don't get on stage. What are your thoughts to that?
1: Oh, uh, you're right on. I absolutely agree with that. And because, you know, like you said, they a speaker has to have walked through some pretty incredible stuff. And not only that, one is to walk through it. Another is to know how to how to present this to grab the hearts. And a lot of times, um, I find that, and, and I know I do it for myself. Uh, I, I get so caught up in the details. The audience doesn't need to know most of the time the details. Right. They just really want to know what we've learned from this. Um, you know, frustrates me when I hear speakers spend seventy-five percent of their speaking time talking about all the ugliness they've walked through. And then it's like right at the end, we kind of, we want to honor God. And so we kind of tag this in.
0: Absolutely. So, so important. Well, this is Marty Swepper. We're visiting today with Linda Olson. From MadeForSomethingMore.com. We'll be right back and talk about the most important investments you'll ever make into your ministry. We'll be right back.
2: WomenSpeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit WomenSpeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online and Anytime you have time, find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com.
0: Welcome back. We're with Linda A. Olson today talking about the 12 things successful speakers do. We are on number four, the most important investment you will ever make into your ministry. Linda, I think that people probably have some guesses already going on in their head, but what do you feel like is the most important
1: Well, this my response to that uh, may be a surprise to most people, but I believe the most important thing, the most important investment you'll ever make into ministry, is really investing in your own growth. You know, there's a little phrase that says we cannot give what we do not have, or we cannot give what we do not know, and. Uh, it's like you can get up and you can tell other people's stories, but there's nothing like telling your own stories. But at the same time, uh, uh, particularly as Christians, you know we're taught to give, give, and give. But And, and it's so easy to, to do that. And there are great rewards in giving, but that has to be balanced with continuing to grow. Otherwise, as you know, the well runs dry and we set ourselves up for burnout. And so if we have that balance and are continuing to grow and invest in our own growth, our own skills in speaking, um, there, um, it's amazing the difference it will make over time.
0: You know, Linda, I just cannot agree with you more. And in fact, the entire membership zone at com with over 100 training modules uh event or with experts plus the all the trainings that's there where that originated was i started doing teleconferences with people like you who knew stuff and started sharing because what was happening is what i was learning so i'd learn from someone like you and then i'd be like i have to share this with other people so then i'd call a teleconference we'd get together do it in the telecom then i do it again do it again do it again <laughs> and finally i realized oh my goodness because I have to keep learning, I have to keep growing, I want to just do the best I can be for Christ. Then I just thought, well, why am I supposed to learn while I'm talking to the person instead of doing this whole thing two times? So that's where this all started for me. And you guys, when you're listening here, uh, investing into your own, um, any kind of development. I mean, one of the things that I'm investing in right now, Linda, has nothing to do with my speaking but I'm learning how to cook healthier, like more vegan, really. And it's a totally different way of cooking than I ever have. I'm investing quite a bit of energy each week, trying to come up with different uh, recipes and meals. Whatever you invest in that you're learning, you're, it's actually changing your brain. It's changing how everything else in your life works together. It's a big synergistic ball. And when you change one thing, it, it changes everything else. I just love this point. And I totally agree that you can't, be uh, you can't be your best self if you just say, "Well, I, I'm done. I've learned everything I need to know." I don't think anybody can get away with that now, anyway. <laughs> it's all changing so fast. You really can't. <laughs> you have to keep growing. No, you can't
1: because you won't have people following you. You may have one, or, you know, you may have a few opportunities, but you won't have people wanting more of you if if that's your focus. So. Um, I, I love the way, uh, you know, the process that you've gone through and everything that you offer through your ministry is fabulous. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and what what should a speaker actually focus on if they start to grow their ministry? What should the focus be?
1: Well, you know, I really believe that uh, we need to know our strengths and weaknesses, and we need to know uh, every speaker has different strengths. For example, if... Um, If the strength is that uh, you're a good storyteller, then focus on that. Storytelling is a great way to grab our audience. I mean, you know, we just have to take a a peek into the Bible. The Bible is made up of thousands of stories, wonderful stories. And that's how God really has grabbed our attention because it's Mm -hmm. something we can connect with. And so we need to know those strengths and build on those strengths. And at the same time, we also need to know our limitations. Don't try and be something that you're not unless you're willing to grow in that area and learn that area. But um, to to really, uh, if we focus on our strengths, focus on our expertise, our capabilities, uh, that will always take us a long way.
0: I love that. I remember many, many years ago when the, Uh, womenspeakers.com was brand new. A speaker had contacted me and she was so discouraged and she said, I'm not funny. I'm not a storyteller. I don't have any systems or processes to teach. All I am is I'm a deep Bible study leader. I mean, she said, I just love to deeply study the Bible and expound on what I found there. She said, but it doesn't seem like anybody wants me. And I said, it doesn't matter if it seems like anybody wants you. That's how God built you. You have to keep going in that direction, and God will open up the doors for you. But it may not be what you look, what you think it will be. Maybe it will be in writing a book about it, and then, you know, doing a video series that isn't in front of people. But, you know, however God built you, it's so fun to just say, God put me together this way. I'm going to honor Him the best I know how. From this particular way, from how I'm uniquely created, I love that so important. And if you're not, if you're not funny, you know, don't try to be funny. It won't work. <laughs> you know, I just love what you said. Unless you're really willing to go ahead and learn it well, don't go there.
1: Although it's it's kind of interesting, uh, just because you use that example, I think about a uh, a professional speaker who uh was giving some training on speaking and he said, you know, I'm I'm not funny. I'm not humorous at all. And what he did, he found little cartoon clips to get the audience to laugh because obviously laughter is a great way of connecting.
0: It is.
1: And and so I guess there are ways around that. It takes a little uh, you know, a little more work because it's not, you know, it's not a natural thing. But, so, uh,
0: oh, here, here are my two. Here are my two ways. So, I'm a lot of fun, but I'm not particularly funny. <laughs> so, here okay. are my two ways. Favorite way is to just follow someone who's really funny, and then everything I say sounds funny. <laughs> so that's okay. my favorite way. But if I don't get to follow a speaker who's funny, then the other way that I like to do it is I like to just identify the jokes that make me laugh till I cry. If I see something or hear something that makes me laugh until I cry. Then actually, when I tell it, there's enough energy there in the humor to actually carry it for a whole audience, and uh, they enjoy it too. But if I just pick something that I think is kind of mildly funny, it's going to fall flat every time. So that's my little two cents worth on the humor. Oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but the most fun—the most fun—is to follow somebody funny, and then to say something like, "I'm not very funny," and then at the end, people are like, "Oh, you are so funny! You're so funny!" But <laughs> You know, it's true that once you get on that note, you know, you, it's very easy to stay funny, but uh, but it's getting them going that's hard. Well, let's talk about how to thrill an event planner. Ever. I love this one, how to thrill an event planner every time.
1: <laughs> well, there's a couple things. One is uh, to offer great value, and it has to be value to your audience. Again, you know, that's all about knowing the needs of the audience. But here's another little tip uh, along with that. Most event planners, the one of the biggest challenges they face is keeping things running on time. And mm-hmm. you know how that, hard that is, especially if yep. you have a series of speakers. And let's just say you start, you know, you have four speakers and everybody runs five minutes over. Well, Then even if we started on time, you know, we're still now running 20 minutes late. So one of the greatest things that you can do uh, for a hostess or event planner who's ever running the program is they give you 15 minutes, wrap it up in 12 minutes. Always give, um, you know, plan your talk a little bit less than the time that you've given. And I'll tell you what, that event planner will love you forever. (laughs)
0: That's such a great piece of advice. I love that. And I wouldn't have even said that myself. I would have said plan for 15 because I'm very much the one minute manager. And so that's how it kind of I just take it right to the wall. But that's, that is so true. People, and honestly, you guys, people will always appreciate, almost always appreciate if you go shorter rather than longer. <laughs> but longer becomes really a nightmare for your event planner. It's true. One of the things I was thinking about the thrill an event planner every time is to really be prepared and, uh, you know, don't require babysitting. Um, you know, you're the one that should ask the and not Don't wait for her to tell you stuff. You need to ask what you need to know in advance. Know what you need to know and come prepared. When you're thinking about that, uh, Linda, is there anything else right along those same two lines there that pop into your head?
1: Well, you know what, I, I really like what you said, uh, to to be prepared, because part of being prepared is also being flexible. You know, you right. may come with something all set up to do, and all of a sudden you walk in, and the arrangement, you know, maybe even the seating arrangement, everything is just different, or the mic isn't working, or, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong. Right. But if... If you're part of, like I said, part of being prepared is being flexible. If you can roll with the situation at hand and uh, know that you can be flexible and ready to, um, you know, change. I mean, it's not unusual for, um, especially if they're, like I said, if there's a few speakers and you're at the end, you know, uh, you, are, you are allowed 20 minutes. Now... They're running so far behind that they walk up five minutes before you're going to get on the platform and say, you know what, I'm so sorry, but we can only give you ten minutes. You need to prepare. be prepared to shift your talk to make an impact in ten minutes. So that's all part of being prepared. So I, I really like what you added to that.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and you really, I call them UFOs, um, unexpected flexing opportunities. <laughs> you really <laughs> As as a speaker, you really need to be so humble, so flexible, um, just willing to roll with whatever your event planner needs. And remember, it isn't about you. You are the guest there, but it isn't about you. It's really about the other guests, the other 100 or 500 guests that are there that have come to hear what God is pouring through you. You're just the vessel. So if God shortens up the amount of time you have, well, that's how much God wants to spend through you right now today. It's not something to get mad about. It's just something to say, interesting. Um, well, wow. I, enjoy preparing. I enjoy preparing all this. I <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I like that. And that's part of where, as we started with, that humble heart comes in. That it does. It's like, what can I do to help you make this the best event ever? You know, and
0: I've even even been at, um, not at an event, but at a TV station where I was scheduled to be on, and then they just came out and said, you won't be on at all. Well, I mean, we had jumped through incredible hoops to get me there at that time for them. They came out and said, I'm sorry, it's not going to work out. There's just something news breaking right now that we can't fit you in for this show. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready to just step down. To say, thank you, God, for the opportunity of preparing like this. I look forward to what you're going to give me to replace this thing that's been taken away. It's going to be better. And just to trust that that's going to be there. And honestly, what what that allows you to do then is in that moment, you are so gracious. Instead of being ticked off or, you know, kind of icky um, to the coordinator, whoever it is, you are just so gracious. Oh, no problem at all. <laughs> because it was a problem, actually. But God is bigger than our greatest challenges. We're going to come right back and talk about the Christian women's events. At women's you can find events to attend. Or to plan amazing
2: right events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you to Four seven, anytime you have time at women's events. Info. That's www.Women'sEvents.info. Info.
0: Welcome back. I'm so excited about this next part. We're here today with Linda Olson of MadeForSomethingMore.com talking about the twelve things successful speakers do. And if you're just joining us now, you do need to go back and catch this whole program. Right now, we're on number seven. The key skill you need to develop that has nothing to do with public speaking. I am so curious, Linda. What is this skill?
1: <laughs> well, you know what? It, it's kind of fun, and I've certainly learned this over time. And it surprised me when I initially learned this too, and that is the whole idea of building relationships. Our whole uh, ministry um, in in speaking, and of course many other things as well, is all based on relationship. I mean, if you go back, of course, to um, to the New Testament, Jesus' whole ministry was based on relationship. Well, so is ours. And if we haven't developed the skill of building that relationship, developing that relationship with the event planner, with her team, with the audience, you know, it's every aspect of our ministry um we you know we really won't go very far because that's what it's all about it's about connecting with people and um it's through that connecting that we open up doors um to new opportunities and so it's really learning for some people you know there it's just a very natural kind of thing others really need to learn but there's always a few you know key little things that that you can do and you can learn. For example, um, something that, to, in a sense, is very simple but uh, powerful. And that is always focus on them. You know, they may be asking about you, uh, what you do, and, and so on and so forth. And, and you know what? I'm I, I love to tell you about that, but I'll tell you what I'm really interested in what you do. Would you Would you be willing to share that? And most people are just honored because most people love to talk and they love to talk about themselves and some people don't have many opportunities to do that. And uh, so it's it's about them, yes, and building that relationship.
0: One of the things that comes to my mind is how many people say to me, okay, so as a speaker, you're kind of a public person. You're out there. You're sharing a lot of your stories and you know people come to get to know you, especially if you're like blogging or involved in social media as well. People feel like they know you, and so when they talk to you when when some of my friends or family members talk to me, it's funny that they feel like they know everything that's going on in my life, so they just have to quick catch me up on their life and So if people <laughs> that close to me feel that way, definitely your audience feels that way. You've just spoken to them or you're going to speak to them for an hour or if it's a retreat, maybe four hours or whatever, and they feel like you've had your turn, Um, it is really important for you to be quiet a lot when you're with people one-on-one as a speaker. And that doesn't come naturally to us outgoing jabber boxes. (laughs) That's why we're speakers. We like to talk. So it's hard for us to do that, but it's so important that we give other people a turn and truly listen to them, truly listen, not just, put in our time, but listen to what they're saying, listen to their hearts, and then, you know, of course, obviously have a conversation where you say some things, but, Linda, I feel like with speakers, this is a huge um, gaping hole because because we really never do run out of things to say, do we? <laughs>
1: no, we don't, but you hit on something so powerful, and that is the whole idea of listening, truly listening, and, you know, it's said that... Um, the one that speaks the le- speaks less holds the most power,
0: mm.
1: and that power is in listening to truly understanding their needs. So sometimes it's just a matter of asking a few open ended questions, where uh, you know it gives them the freedom to talk about what they want, and you may interject a question now and then to just understand it better. But mm-hmm. if they feel understood. I mean, they will give you, um, you know, not only the platform, but they will recommend you in ways that, um, you know, you won't believe. I mean, it will pay off in many ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just there's there's just really nothing, <laughs> nothing like truly being a good listener and, and sincerely interested in what the other person is saying and, and how you can help. I mean... It's just so helpful. When we're talking about that, what are, you know, you've got you've got different people with different roles in the body of Christ. As a speaker, who are the team players that maybe you never even knew you needed?
1: Well, I think so often we think that, you know, as long as we're talking to the coordinator, or who you know, which is usually the event planner, whoever that is, and uh, as long as we're there and connected with them, it's enough. But the people we may not really... Um really know how much we need them are often their team, so for example, um let's say uh they've got they've got a prayer group. well, my word, how powerful it would be if uh, let's say um you know we may be out of the area, but say, you know what, I would love to schedule as a bonus, I would love to schedule a conference call with your prayer people, whoever can mm-hmm. jump on that call. And I'll tell you what, have a good time with these people, encourage them, empower them, help them to know what an important part that they play in your ministry. And um let me tell you, it'll go places you never dreamt it could go. But in the same way it's it's just it doesn't have to be that was one example. It doesn't have to be the right. prayer group. But it, it's really the volunteers, and it's the behind-the-scenes person. If you go above and beyond and do something extra for them, like I said, schedule a a bonus call, or if it's appropriate and you're in the area or whatever, maybe you can have a follow-up workshop. And this is just for the volunteers that helped with that event. And you give them that as a bonus. It's like, really? You'll do that for me? I mean, no other speakers ever offered to do that for me. Um, maybe it's a little gift, you know, whatever it is. But those people, behind-the-scenes people, the volunteers. It's because of the volunteers that this is even possible right. in most cases. And um, and if there's any way we can acknowledge them in a special way, recognize them, just appreciate them, it'll it'll go a long way.
0: Yeah, I was thinking to host something like that for uh, group. Either they have a conference system already set up. Otherwise, I always use instantconference.com. It's free. It's very, very easy to use. probably the simplest system I've ever seen. And people just can call in from where they are and meet you there for however long. And it's just very simple to use. So that's an idea there for that, instantconference.com. Now, why, um, as a speaker, why is free not always your best friend? <laughs>
1: well you know especially um in the in the christian world um uh, we we think free we're geared to that in most churches um you know it's um we we just expect that a speaker may be willing to come in and oh maybe they they have you know a small honorarium or that kind of thing but the problem is that free does not um There's no value in in free. If you just think about things that, you know, you purchase or somebody gives you, um, it doesn't hold near, it doesn't hold the value that something else that you've invested and maybe saved up for a long time and you've really wanted. I mean, what are you going to take care of the most? It's the thing that you've invested in. And so in many respects, it works the same way with speaking that it doesn't mean that it always has to be a financial reimbursement. I mean, maybe uh, you're just asking for um, a book table at the back, especially if you're an author or have other products, and say, you know, I'm re- I'm willing to bless the people um, and come to speak. All I ask for is that there would be a table at the back, a volunteer at the table. I'd be willing to come in a few minutes and train her, tell her what, what I need. Um, you know, something as simple as that. But um in fact my um the new program, the speaker trainer program, I've just recently changed the title and I'm calling it Christian speakers get paid. And there's many ways mm-hmm. to get paid. What I gave is a little example. But somehow that seems to be a contradiction in many respects for Christian speakers, even though they work so hard and um, put so much into it, Uh, but uh, as much as they might want to be full-time speakers or actually make this a career, they have no idea how to get paid, and there are ways uh, to do that.
0: Mm, Yeah, and um, I know we do the the, um, speaker booking boot camp over at Marnie.com, but if somebody wanted to get a hold of this speaker... Um, Christian speakers get paid training. Is that just over at your madeforsomethingmore.com? more com?
1: Well, I'm actually working on a new site right now and so if somebody okay. wanted that, the best thing would be actually to email me at um um the made for uh, Linda at com and I'll send them the information um, at this time. Otherwise they can look on the madeforsomethingmore.com. more com
0: okay all right we're going to take one last break here and come back and talk about how to grab your attention or your audience's attention and hold it the surprising key to your speaking success and how to position yourself for callbacks we'll be right back what's your next step are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. Our hour is flying by with Linda Olson today of MadeForSomethingMore.com, talking about the 12 things successful speakers do. Linda, let's talk about how to grab your audience's attention and hold it.
1: it. It's a key thing, and I've heard in different trainings, people say if you don't grab their attention in the first minute, sometimes 30 seconds of speaking, it's, It's so much harder to try and do that later. And so there are ways that you can do it and do it quickly. And a big part of it is finding ways to interact with you. It may be as simple as getting up and asking a question and ask for a raise of hands. And when you do that as a little tip, if you ask your audience to raise your hand, you raise yours too. Because as you model for them, they will do that. And sometimes it can be funny and silly questions, you know. Um, and other times it may be asking for volunteers to come up and interact with you. Um, if it's a small audience, you can often do a little exercise with the whole audience and get them involved. If it's a bigger audience, ask for a few volunteers to come up and um model it, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever point you're trying to make. But a big part of it is really um, it's it's getting your audience to experience you. And the best way to do that is to interact with them. Uh, so often we think as speakers, you know, um, I mean, they brought me in for this topic and I need to have all the answers. No, no. If you can use um, your time to learn together, kind of take that approach of learning together because if they discover some of these things on their own, it's much, much more likely they will remember what they've learned.
0: I always like to use an eight-minute maximum but all the way down to three minutes where something changes. Um, so you're not just standing speaking. <laughs> that Something changes. Either it's a new PowerPoint slide or it's a, a different, like you're talking along and then you maybe inject a story or you have a volunteer or something. If you just stand and talk for 40 minutes, um, it's very difficult, even for the very most interested person to track with you. It it just gets old very quickly. It's just your voice. Like, we're, we're in such a multimedia culture now. People aren't used to just listening straight with no entertainment. <laughs> so really... A wonderful, wonderful way to do it is interaction. So, raise your hand. I love that. Raise your own hand too. That's a great. I think I, I think I probably just instinctively do that myself. But um, another thing that I learned a while back was if you're asking a question, always ask a question that has some kind of a positive response, so they can say yes with you from the very beginning, instead of setting up setting them up to be saying no to you from the beginning set them up to say yes to you from the beginning and that's just how you phrase your questions. But it's important to have you not use a negative um question at the beginning of your program that will, you know, set their hearts in that direction, which is not not probably what you're wanting. Um what I is like, the surprising key to seeking success?
1: I believe the surprising key is leaving your audience and your leadership team wanting more.
0: Mm And somehow,
1: you know, we just think, okay, we've got 45 minutes. We've got to tell them everything we need to know in 45 minutes. And obviously, that's that's impossible to do. Um, Someone has uh, said, remember, it's not what you give, but what they leave with that makes a difference. And I thought about that a long time, and I really like that because it's what, in other words, it's what they remember, what they take home with them and hopefully will apply so that there's some you know some change in their lifestyle maybe even a transformational change and and if your if your audience has really enjoyed and you've engaged them you've connected with them they will want more whether that's going on your website if you have a book or some product they may pick that up um you know whatever it is but it's because so you're really there to whet their appetite and engage them, and if you've touched on those on their specific needs, they will want want more.
0: This is such an important thing for speakers to really understand. I love this one and so um the two the two reasons that I see is that you first of all, if you have a topic that you can actually fully explain and expound on to the fullest degree in 40 minutes, I would say you don't have a topic. Um, you know, you if that's how you're going up there, you're going to be scared to death because if you run uh, talk a little fast, you're going to be out of things to say about this topic because you had it, you know. Forty minutes. And that's all I know about this. You really want to choose topics to speak on that you are deep. You are a deep well. You are an ocean of information on. And then it's like just choosing which little point and aspects you're going to bring out on it during your talk. And if they want more, you know, you've got a website or you've got a book or a series, you know, whatever. I feel like Linda. What happens? Why people get so scared of speaking? One of the main reasons is because they think they don't know enough about it, and they're right.
1: You're right on. I I, I love your point, um, because again, it's so often. You know, the thing is, see, right now we can get information on any any topic we want on the internet. So what are you going to give them that they can't get on the internet? And that's why that that interaction is so important because you can read all day long, all week long, all month long, all year long. That doesn't mean it's going to make any change in your life. That change is only going to happen when you engage with them. And so you can choose any topic and you pick three points out of that topic and that's all you focus on and motivate them to change um, it you know, it will be well worth it. But I really like your point with that.
0: Yeah, a while back I had done a progression thing where, you know, you have an idea, okay, and then you take that idea and you say, Can I say this in hundred forty words characters really, uh for Twitter, hundred and forty characters including the spaces. Then you say, Okay, that's okay, but I really can't express it perfectly there. I need three hundred words, that's a blog post, you know, three to five hundred words. Well, you know, I've really got more here, so I'm going to say it's an article now it's five hundred to fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred words. Yeah, I still can't do it. I need to write an ebook now because that's you know thirty to eighty pages. Oh boy, I need to write a whole book now <laughs> two hundred fifty pages that I need to write and then you realize, oh, it's a series. I need to write the whole thing on it those are that that those kind of things that you have, those ideas that come to you. Those are where you become known for those, that so those are your areas of expertise that you speak on these. You can talk on other topics as well, but these are your areas of expertise, and in those areas, people are always going to want to hear more from you because, like you said, you know you can read all day long on the internet about it, but what they want to know is what you found out because somehow they resonate with you, and they just are saying, "I just am curious what you think about this topic." Oh, that makes so much sense. Uh, could you tell me more? And if somebody ever says, if somebody ever says that speakers shouldn't sell books at the back, you know, like if if somebody says to you, "Oh, we don't allow our speakers to sell books or anything back there," my my question for them is, how could I possibly share with your group everything that I have to share in 40 minutes? <laughs> that's just that's just my question. How can I do it? You know, I, I can't possibly do it. Linda, have you ever had somebody say you couldn't sell books in the back?
1: Oh yes, I have.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know they've been very conservative groups, and we don't do any sales here, and so forth. And one way to work around that, uh, and I do love your response, by the way.
0: Well, uh, right, and then whatever they say is fine. I don't. It's not that I have to. It's just. It's just kind of broadening their perspective a little bit, you know. But right. what was your response that you made?
1: Well, one of the ways to work around that is. Um, I offer a free, te- uh, free conference call, a free, free tele-seminar and say, would it be all right if I um, had sheets available with the information and just you know got their contact information and let them know the number and so forth so that they can get on a free conference call. As soon as, you know, if you're saying, well, it's, it's only $15, again, to them that represents sales if right. somebody's that conservative about it. But um, but if you tell them it's free, and then on the call, you can then take them further if they want more. But yeah, it's that's a little... a great,
0: that is a great idea. That's a great idea. And that's kind of the yeah, second best thing is what I do in those situations where I really can't is just uh, some kind of a handout that has the website address on it. Um, that's not nearly as proactive as what you just suggested, though I like your idea a lot. And if they really do have a policy about that, I mean, that's fine. You don't have to try to change their policy. It's just a question that I have of why, and and maybe I bring about it the other way around. I believe that the reason why so many churches do let you sell your materials in the back is, A, they can appreciate that people will fall in love with you, hopefully, while you're talking and want to take you home. And then, B, it is part of the way that God provides for a speaker's um, needs uh, is to have those resources be sold and that that income really does help to pay the bills and speakers obviously like everybody else have have needs that need to be met financially. So appreciate all you planners who let us do that at the back, uh, really great. But of course, if you can't, if your church has a policy or you have a conviction about it, that's fine too. But Give her as much flexibility as you can. Uh, Last thought here, Linda. How does a speaker position herself for callback?
1: This is of course key because if you are... Uh, you know, making this, you know, really having a, whether it's a part-time or a full-time speaking ministry or geared towards that, really developing a career, you're always wanting to come back. And it goes hand-in-hand with some of the things that we talked about earlier. One is you have to take full responsibility for what you do. So if somebody um, may not be interested in having you back or whatever, need to just take a look at and maybe have a follow up not maybe i always encourage to have a follow up call or meeting depending if you're in the area or not and just say you know what i'm always looking to grow personally and i wondered um what what feedback can you give me that um so that i could improve if i ever had the opportunity to meet with your audience or or just with other audiences and you know usually they're more than happy to to give that uh and you will know very quickly how well you connected with them and again mm-hmm. going back to some of the things we talked about earlier you know beginning on our knees uh preparing for success positioning ourselves so that the audience wants more that's what we want to do I actually have a program uh, set up with, um, it's a brand new program. I'm really stepping out of the box this year in a few areas. And one is it's with women's ministry groups. And it's to help them explode their audience. To to double, maybe even triple, not immediately, but over, um, you know, um, maybe a year span. And also to help them create a budget. And so that particular program involves me coming back to speak several occasions, to work with the team, and and so forth. And it's, it's just a um, – I invest a lot of time and energy into it so I can only take a few groups each year. But it's a wonderful opportunity to come back. You know, you just think about what you all learned about this audience. Now imagine mm. if you came back – and could give them just a little bit more, mm. and and you know even come back several times to do that. So there, are, you know, there are a number of different ways to do that. But uh, I think about the Women of Faith uh, program, who you know they've changed. I really realized in the last few years they've changed somewhat. But for many years they had you know their handful of key ladies and would still, I mean, you know, stadiums right. year after year after year because we fell in love with them and they right. were skilled speakers. They touched our heart and so they basically chose a different theme each year and yep. it's that kind of idea.
0: Yep, yep, that's awesome. That's a good example too. Uh, if somebody is interested in your book Made for Something More, tell us just a little synopsis of what that book is.
1: You know what? I just realized <laughs> my book is actually called. My my website is made for something more. My brand new book, uh, which is a number one Amazon bestseller, is "Uncovering the Champion Within," and the subtitle to that is "101 Truths to a Powerful You." And those 101 truths are all scripture based on who we are in Christ. I believe that is number one what we need to know. The most important, uh, if we can, to me that's the most important question in the world that we ask, and that is, who am I? Yeah. And if we can answer that with a solid foundation of who we are in Christ, it just gives a lot of basic things. It also I also have included in there eight simple exercises, little things you can do on a daily basis, very practical, to really help you to grow in this area. Um So, yes, that's it in a nutshell.
0: Good. Tell us the name of the book again.
1: Uncovering the Champion Within.
0: By Linda A. Olson over at Amazon or any bookseller, right?
1: Uh, Actually, um, uh, yes, it's at at Amazon is the best place. Mm -hmm.
0: At Amazon. Okay, very good. Her website is madeforsomethingmore.com. Linda, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, you're very welcome, Marnie. It's been a delight. I've had a lot of fun. Good. And thank you all for being here today. It's always so fun to do this each week, to share new friends and olds with you. And um, so it's fun to have Linda here with you today and us today. So thank you for being here. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.